Welcome to Making Sense of Parenting. This show is dedicated to helping parents change chaos, confusion, and struggle into calm, clear connections with their kids, all in a way that aligns with their faith. Hey there, I'm your host, Kelly Shoup, helping you navigate the bumpy road of raising kids. Let's dive into today's topic. I'm Kelly Shute, Pediatric Occupational Therapist. I am so excited you are here today. We are going to have a lot of fun talking about a topic that 100% of parents that I know and myself as a mom of three kids struggle with and every single parent that I have encountered over the last 20 some years in um, my work as a pediatric occupational therapist. And that struggle is how easy it is to lose our temper with our kids. So losing our temper with our kids and then, you know, feeling terrible about losing it, yelling, whatever, whatever our um, losing our temper looks like for us. And then, and then we feel bad about it. We feel shame about it. We wish we would have shown up differently. And then oftentimes that, re- that cycle happens again the next day. And so today I am going to give us five tools to have to hopefully decrease the incident of losing our temper with our kids. And again, as a mom of three, I absolutely lose my temper with my kids. And because we're parents, because we are so... Um, you know, we're sensitive to our kids. They're, they were part of us. They're, they were part of my body. They're, um, I'm super attuned to them. And that can make me extra um, sens- sensitive and extra um, annoyed or extra frustrated. And so I just want to give you some tools today of things you can do to show up in a more calm, just neutral um a neutral way to discuss whatever the difficulty of the situation is with your child, or if it's just a difficult child. And let's be honest, every child has moments of being difficult. That's just um, one. I think it makes all the difference in the world. It does take a little bit of work beforehand, upfront, on new parents. Uh, but in my 20 years of kind of helping parents navigate what the pregame strategy, what the, you know, kind of checklist is beforehand can look like. Parents pick it up easily. And moms, your brain is designed to gather all the different pieces of what's going to happen in your day. So you have all the pieces of the puzzle, you know, who's got to go where, what's going to happen, how that's going to do, what moms are great at it. Again, our brains are you know, wired to easily have this information. And so if you will just spend a few minutes um, kind of each day thinking about what the situation is. The other thing that will be a humongous help is taking my sensory profile assessment. This is where you're going to answer questions about you and about each of your kids. And I also recommend it for your spouse. But what things are you sensitive to in your senses? So your sense of hearing, your vision, 
your smell, your taste, your touch. And there's also two other senses that are uh, movement and um, body awareness. They make a balance. And then the other thing I always tell parents, we have to be so sensitive to our child. You know, have they had good sleep? Have they eaten enough? Have they, you know, do they have any, do they have a cold today that would make them just a little groggy when they're getting out of bed and are being difficult, putting their clothes on, going to school? Like all of those things, moms, you've got all that information in your brain. And so um, we're going to use that to know how to set ourselves up for success and not lose our temper. So we can show up different and better and in a way that is more aligned with our values and how we want to show up. So take this sensory profile assessment. This is going to tell you, oh my goodness, I'm hearing challenged. I'm super sensitive to hearing. That is me for sure. And so I know that if I'm going to be at a meeting, let's say I'm going to be gone for part of the evening, I'm going to be at a dinner meeting, there's going to be lots of people talking, there's going to be background music that's playing, there's going to be somebody clanking a fork on their plate, there's going to be multiple conversations going at once. For me, my hearing sense does not filter out the noise. So I hear all of it, my brain takes in all of it, and it's exhausting. So since I know that about myself, I have to do certain things and not do certain things to set myself up for success. So after this noisy meeting that I know is going to stress my hearing and that I'll be tired and worn out from the noise that's coming in and my body will be constantly trying to get my nervous system back to being okay and that that is exhausting to my body. So I'll come home and then I'm, you know, I'm on with my three kids. So I can, with my pregame strategy, know, okay, I'm going to go to this meeting. This is going to wear me out. What am I going to do when I get home to show up in a way that I'm not going to lose it with my kids? Because I know I'm going to be tired. And so I can, you know, be intentional about my drive between the dinner until I get home. Is that 10 minutes of, okay, I'm not going to have the radio on. I'm not going to call and check in with my mom, even though I need to. I'm just going to have peace and quiet because that's what my brain and my body and my nervous system needs to then show up to my kids in a way that is engaging and calm and neutral and, and open to whatever their needs are going to be, which it could be homework. Could it be, you know, sports stuff that's going to happen? I don't know what that's going to look like, but my pregame strategy, I've already thought through, okay, this is what I had to do. Here's what I'm going to do to set myself up for success. This is going to allow me to show up like this when I'm at home with my kids. So give yourself the time to get that pregame strategy in place. And also give yourself um, the time to ask for support. So I am a huge encourager of moms because, again, I know how women are and we think we can handle it all ourselves and we don't want to bother anybody. So we'll just we'll just handle it. No, I want you to learn to ask your spouse, like, can you please go ahead and give so and so the bath because I'm going to come home from this meeting and, you know, be with the kids, but I'm going to be tired. So if you could please give them a bath, 
ask for that support and let them know what it provides. Like if you can give the kids a bath, that would provide me an extra 10 minutes to just kind of recharge and do the rest of bedtime in a really calm, nice way. And most spouses are like, oh my gosh, great. I'm so happy to do bath time because your spouse knows what happens when you lose your temper and nobody wants that to happen. So ask for what you need, pregame strategy. That's our first tool. Okay, the second tool, and I use this tool all the time, is to walk away or a timeout. So, and I will literally use this with my fingers because sometimes I can know that if I open my mouth, what's gonna come out might not be volume or tone or words that are nice. And so I might just have to do this, like time out. This is getting tense. This is getting difficult. You're being difficult. You're driving me crazy. So time out. And then I'm going to walk away. I will walk out of the room. I will walk around the corner. I will walk 10 feet away and just um, take deep breaths, take a couple deep breaths and just, you know, kind of ground myself and really be intentional about thinking, okay, what can I say here to diffuse, to de-escalate, to kind of, you know, just get some space to neutralize? Just the fact that I'm walking away, just the fact that I'm taking a time out already helps diffuse it because we're not in that moment when the, you know, um, reaction can happen. Just me doing this and walking away already brings it down a notch. So yeah, just use a timeout. I love walking away or taking a timeout because you are modeling such healthy behavior for your child. Kids always, we want them to do what we say, but more than likely they do what we do. And so every young child is every child, person, human, is going to have tense situations with a classmate, with somebody on their team, with you know somebody in the hall. And if you can model to your child, okay, when you're starting to get angry, when you're starting to have all these emotions, and again, I talk about this with, with kids, with kids in therapy, with my kids. I'm like sharing, oh my goodness, I am getting upset. You are driving me insane. Like I want to lose it on you. But instead, I'm going to take a time out. I'm going to walk away. That gives me time to breathe and reset, get my nervous system calm again. It's giving your child also time to breathe and reset. Now, for young kids ages three to eight, especially the three, four-ish, they don't have that mental capacity or capability to really know what they're doing, that they're you know, going to diffuse a situation, but they're going to breathe. And just that you're not in their face in that moment yelling, that allows them to, again, bring those emotions that are inside of them that are causing them to be more difficult, that can help lessen those emotions. So you both are showing up at a better, healthier way to, um, to be. And so that is the tool number two. The third tool, breathe and count. 
And you can breathe however you want. You can count. Is it you're going to count to 10? You're going to count from five backwards. Is it is it a four breaths in, seven, hold it for seven seconds? There are so many different ways. And for all of these tools, you're going to use them unique to you. What works best for you? What works best for your family, your situation? And that might be different on every different day. Because moms, again, you know how the best pre-strategy, like there's just different things that happen and you're like, ooh, never saw that coming. Um, So breathe and count because you're helping yourself get that calm, regulated nervous system that is like, A-okay, I'm okay. I can show up in a neutral, a calm voice to discuss this. And you're, you're teaching your child that also. We're going to count backward from five. Five, four, three, two, one. And then let's try again to ask for what you would like. Um, and I will, I used to do this with my kids. I often do it um, if I have a child who becomes really upset in therapy. Is I will take a child's hand and put it right on my chest. And I'll say, I want you to feel and breathe with me. And they can feel as I'm inhaling, I'm going to take a deep breath in. They can feel my chest. They can feel that expansion with their hand. And it's also grounding them. And they're also getting some energy from me that is calming. And if you have a child that is tactile sensitive, this might be something they would not like. That might actually upset them more. So you wouldn't want to do that if you've done your sensory profile assessment and know that you have a child who is super sensitive through their touch. They don't like to be tickled. Maybe they don't like to be hugged. Like through touch, they are extra sensitive. So I would not do that for that child because that would not be calming. It might be more alarming. But for my kids, I could put their hand right on me and they could be like, okay, I can feel mom's energy. She's calm. And that helps to calm them. So counting and breathing. That is our third tool. Fourth tool, this one I absolutely love. And you have to play with this and you have to have fun. And again, I am, um, you know, with preschool kids, I am all the time in the world of make-believe and pretend and imagination. And so if a child is getting, you know, loud and kind of angry at me, or if I feel like I'm going to do the same thing to them, I'll say, oh my goodness, I'm going to pull out my imaginary duct tape. And I will, with my fingers, like, you know, here's my duct tape, and I'm going to rip off a piece, and I'm going to put it across my lips. And if I'm having an argument with one of my kids, I can say, you know what? I can tell you're kind of angry too. Can I put duct tape on, imaginary duct tape on your lips just so we can take a minute and not say something that we don't want to say. We don't, you know, I just, I don't want to regret anything that I'm going to say. And so I've got this imaginary duct tape. It's over my lips and I'm going to leave it. And again, it's just creating space to kind of de-escalate or neutralize the situation So then I can engage with that child in a more calm way. 
the imaginary deck tape also has the element of humor. Like I might say, oh my gosh, I'm going to take my deck tape off now. And, you know, I'm going to try to figure out and ask you what you need. But I could pull off and say, oh my gosh, are my lips gone? That hurt. Or you could pull off your child's imaginary deck tape. And oh my goodness, Jack, you have no lips. They must be on the deck tape. So there's, there's um, the possibility of humor that can come in. And when there's humor there, that helps to de-escalate and allows that connection between you and your child in, in a calm way. Like you can start to laugh. Like, oh my goodness, I was about to lose it just because you could not get your flip-flops on the right foot. Mom is crazy. What was I thinking? That's no reason to be angry. And so I'm, again, one of the areas that I'm always working on with kids is their social emotional skills and what things are happening, what we're thinking, what about the emotions we're having? How could we talk about that? What would be a healthy way to bring that up or discuss it? And so if I have kids where the, um, you know, we've had a tense kind of about to blow up moment, but we've avoided that. I avoided losing my temper because I've got my duct tape on and I put duct tape on their mouth. And then we're going to laugh about it after we've taken it off. And Jack now has no lips, but he still looks really cute because he's got great teeth and those blue eyes that I love. Then we can talk about it. Like, okay, tell me, why were you so mad at mom? What was the thing that, what was that big feeling in your body? And can they articulate what it is? Are you mad? Are you sad? Are you just, you know, that allows for that space and opportunity to kind of start to talk about all that stuff. And all of that stuff are skills. You are building skills when you talk to your kids about these things. And they need these skills that will build with other skills on top to be successful, you know, with in interactions with their teacher, with their classmate, with their friend, with the neighbor, with the postband, with every person, there is social emotional skills we're using all the time. And I want to help parents build those skills with your kids in a fun way. So, um, Okay, so duct tape was our tool number four. The fifth tool and a tool that I put in place every morning when I crawl out of bed is pray. But in a tense, about to blow up moment, if I can, before I want to say, if I can just, again, hold my lips closed and just say, Lord, help me see this child the way you see them. Help me understand what they are communicating to me. I tell parents communication, excuse me, behavior is communication. It is that simple. It is that neutral. Behavior is communication. The behavior you're showing you is how they are communicating to you. Behavior, my behavior to anybody as an adult is also communication. And so, um, like, I will tell you, my three kids know, they've even said to me, they can tell by the way my footsteps, my footsteps sound coming down the hall. Now, I have hardwood floors. They can tell by the sound of my footsteps, like, okay, mom's tired. She could be grumpy. 
And based on that behavior, I am communicating to them and they totally get it. So if one of them's like, oh, I was going to ask to, you know, spend the night with so-and-so tomorrow, but I can tell by mom's footsteps, probably not a good time to ask. I'll wait till later. So all of our behavior is communicating something. And my love and job and passion is to help parents understand better what your child is communicating. Because when there's a better understanding, there's better connection, there are way less times when you're going to lose your temper. There is way less times when your child seems to be difficult because you understand what they're communicating. You're like, oh yeah, I get it. You're tired. Or, oh yeah, from the sensory profile. Okay, now I understand that, um, you know, you're hearing sensitive. So if we've been at a loud musical thing, then you're going to be tired from that. And because I understand that about you, I can make allowances and I can make changes and shift and adjust how I show up with you, how we show up at home to get ready, you know, to go to bed. And all of those set you up for success. So those are our five tools I am so happy to discuss any of these further. You can click in the link below to book an SOS call with me. And that is basically where I want, you know, to help you in a unique situation to you or your family. Or if there is something that you have tried numerous times to not lose your temper and it's not working, let me help. If these five tools, you're like, yeah, I've tried all those and I need more. Believe me, I have more. In the over 20 years of working with so many parents and kids, I've got so many tools in my tool belt and my toolbox, like it's overflowing. And I want to help you parents. I want you to have fun and enjoy parenting. It is such, um, such a great time. Okay, so thank you so much for your time. Click below to book an SOS call with me if you want some help. And then also click below to find my simple six. The simple six is six different areas. Six different areas always cover every single session in therapy with a child. I'm always covering all six of these things. It's our sensory skills. It's our motor skills, our um, gross motor skills, our legs, our trunk, how we need our gross motor skills to be able to sit up in a chair, our fine motor skills, our fingers, our arms. Can we hold a pencil? Can we zip our, our jacket? Can we hold a fork? Those are fine motor skills. The young ages of three to eight, we're very focused on all of the skills in these six areas. So motor skills, sensory skills, again, those senses, the information a young child takes in with their senses, how their brain registers it, how it's interpreted in the body, processed, and then the behavior that they do based on what came in from their senses. And all of the, these systems can be glitchy for young kids, or they can have hiccups or a little kink in the hose. The system is still working at these young ages, but a lot of times there's a limitation or a weakness. All of this perfectly normal 
for perfectly normal kids. I see everyday normal kids in a regular preschool, in a public school, in private schools. I don't work with, and this is intentional for me, I don't work with kids who have very severe limitations or weaknesses on the extremes. I focus on helping normal kids and normal parents, like give you tools for success. You can have more fun parenting with your kids and I can help. So Simple Six has skills and activities, ways to play with your child. Um, If you watch my Simple Six course, it's some videos and I will give you ideas of how to play with your kids that is also building skills, also setting them up for success. So click below. Thanks. Did you like what you heard in this episode? If you did, please share it with a friend and be sure and subscribe to the podcast on your favorite app. Reviews are always appreciated. As a reminder, my show is also on YouTube. In YouTube, search for Kelly K. Shoup. That's K-E-L-L-Y-K-S-H-O-U-P. Be sure to click the subscribe button and hit the bell for all notifications. To learn more about my work, helping families, or to contact me, go to kellykshoop.com. Again, that's kellykshoop.com. Thanks so much.